start using cutting-edge warp speed 5G technology with your cell phone. Let me tell you about my friends at MobileMobile.io. They have an ultra-fast 4G LTE and 5G network that covers 99% of Americans. So they've got you covered everywhere. Think about it for a moment. You have the opportunity to take a test drive for 10 days with unlimited talk, text, and premium data. What is premium data? Premium data is an allotment of a cellular data that you receive from a higher priority on the network. You won't get throttled like you will with some of those, well, non-brand service providers. To find out more information, all you have to do is go to mobilemobile.io. That's mobilemobile.io to start your 10-day free trial. This show is brought to you by Safety FM. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Arrow. The next generation error reduction and mitigation system. For more information, go to arrowhp.com. Well, hello and welcome to Safety FM. This is Jay Allen. I am so glad that we're finally here in 2020. Been looking forward to this thing for quite a while. Anyways, we've been talking about over the last few weeks that there's something coming on the 14th of January. So next week, episode 100 of the Safety FM podcast and broadcast will be coming out. And we'll have a discussion at that time of what things you may be able to expect and what we've been talking about over the last six weeks or so. Also, please keep in mind... That on January the 16th, we have a new show coming up. Take a listen. Why are we doing an essential leadership? Audit? What does it mean? What's it going to be centered around and why should leaders listen to it? To target some of the leadership attributes of human and organizational performance, personality, diversity. That will give leaders an opportunity to, to listen to in short bursts and then give them something that they can actually do. In their organization. Over 25 years helping leaders reducing errors and incidents. Here is your host of the Essential Leadership Cycle Podcast, Rob Fisher. Well, let's get into the business of today. Today, I had the great opportunity of speaking to Mike Bowman. Now, Mike Bowman, I discovered him. Well, I didn't discover him. I found him, better saying, on LinkedIn. Now, Mike, he posts all kinds of videos all the time on LinkedIn, and he's actually talking about the different things that you can run into. So let me give you a little bit of background on Mike Bowman here. He has worn many hats in his life, maintenance director, warehouse manager, equipment operator, pastor, counselor, life coach, safety director, and with each change, he is learning more and more the importance of leadership teamwork and serving the needs of the ones you work with. With over 14 years of managerial experience, he is confident with working with all sorts of individuals and walks of life, all working cohesively together. So today I actually had the great opportunity of having a conversation with Mike. And he talks about his journey and how he got to where he's at inside of the safety world and how he took a different turn than what most people do to get to where he's at today. And I want to point out that Mike went so far out of his way that he had just had oral surgery and he decided to still come on to the show. So I would really do appreciate him taking the time to do so. 
Anyways, enjoy this episode with Mike Bowman here on Safety FM. The countdown has begun on January 14th, 2020. Find out only on Safety FM. So I, I appreciate you actually taking the time of doing this because I know that it is taking some time out of your day to to have the discussion. But I don't know. I, I, a few months back, I ran into your videos. I was really enticed by some of the video offerings that you had there. And I just really wanted to get have the opportunity to speak with you and really understand how did you get involved with this and how did it, it get you to the point on wanting to make videos and you know putting yourself out there for pe- the world to see you? Well, you know, well, first of all, it's always an honor that, that anybody would want to hear me speak. And, and uh, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I'm sure you can understand this. It's like people ask me stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm nobody. You know, I'm just a guy just like anybody else. But um, several years ago, uh, well, actually for seven years, I was a, a, a pastor and a counselor for married couples and children and helping families reunite. And uh, I did that with a, a lot of one percent or motorcycle gangs and and uh, I just found came to a place where I, I needed to to feed my family. It wasn't a job that paid well, and and uh, just kind of between a rock and a hard place. And a buddy of mine said, "Hey, man, I just you know I've been working this job for a little over a year. I'm a contract driller in the mining industry, and man, would you like to give it a go?" And I he's like, "It pays all right." And stuff like that. So I said, "Yeah, sure." So I just jumped in there, and um, it was kind of crazy. Uh, it was whirlwind. Um, we working, you know, months, months on end at uh, 80 hours a week, and uh, coming home and think, you know, seeing that your kid had grown, and and I couldn't remember the time between them growing, you know, and missing out uh, on some things. But uh, our safety guy quit, and I talked to the owner of the company and said, uh, you know, hey, I'm just interested in, in talking about safety because it kind of backs up with my past of trying to inspire people and you know improve things for people's lives and i think i'd be good at it and so uh he he took a gamble at on me his name is matt boatman and uh they're general drilling and he did uh just that he said hey man let's do it and so we did it and uh i, I was pretty good at it <laughs> and, well well let me ask a question there because so you all so you're not let's say quote unquote a default safety guy by choice this is because no, of this is no. because of your tie-in because of the ministry you decide that you know you want to be able yeah. to assist people this is i mean it's very interesting so how did you i won't say sell but how did you influence the owner to to think that this was the, the right case scenario well for me I, I'm, I'm a quick study and so um once you start to learn the cfr for mining uh for, for MSHA, you know, their rules and regulations, you kind of get to know uh, what needs to happen and what doesn't. And then I had the most fortunate, awesome opportunity to meet somebody by the name of Matt Bunner. And at the time, he worked for a company called Mulzers that just got recently, uh, kind of last couple of years, bought out by Old Castle. But he, in my opinion, is probably one of the best safety guys in the Midwest, if not in the country. I, I love his program. I love his passion. I love what he does. And I just told him, yeah, he and I kind of got a rapport. And from that, he's like, you know, I can coach you and help you through anything. And, and Matt had nothing to gain from this either. You know, I, it's not like we were paying him or anything like that. He spoke at one of our safety events. And um, like I said, we got a rapport. And from that and just having him in my hip pocket all the time, I just told my boss, like, there's nothing that I can't do. I absolutely 110% can do this. And I uh, jumped in there and 
and was very successful. And when I left to, to go to Turner, uh, you know, I was asked not to leave. <laughs> so that's always good. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, we, we don't want you to leave. I think what you have to have in safety, and this is my biggest pet peeve, is safety cops. You know, uh, you have to have a love for people, a true love for people. I had someone one time tell me uh, that he was looking uh, for a new job and he was trying to get my advice. And, and I give free advice all the time. I, I've talked to thousands of people uh, throughout the months just on advice on safety, advice on, you know, jobs and careers. And this guy was saying, hey, I want to be, you know, get another safety job. I said, well, what's your core beliefs? He said, I don't care if the guys hate me at the end of the day. He said, just as long as they go home safe. And I said, you know what, bud? I understand that mentality. But the fact of the matter is, if your people don't love you and they know that you don't love them, they're never going to follow you. And they're always going to look for ways to get around the rules that you're trying to make to make them safe every day. And I always say this all the time. There's two types of leaders. The one that says, let's charge that hill. And everybody wants to shoot them in the back once they go up that hill. The other leader says, let's charge that hill. And all their people charge past him so he doesn't get hurt or she doesn't get hurt and it's that kind of leader that you have to be and it's a safety person that's the kind of leader that i aspire to be and that's what made me successful at general drilling and um you know i think that if you could take that mentality wherever you go it's a game changer especially when you've got people's lives and the quality of their lives at stake every day especially in mining and heavy construction those you know, uh, you know as well as I do, those industries chew people up. And uh, we, we want to be there for them. You have to have a passion. If you don't have a passion, you're not going to make it. I don't care what your accolades say. I've seen safety people that have every kind of certification after their name. I mean, it's their name, but then all those, you know, all those beautiful letters. And I think an education of safety is so important and so beautiful. But if you don't know what it's like to live the lives, of the people that are working in the field, you're going to be no good as a safety person. You're going to fail every single time. you got to know. I know what it's like to, to come in there, get into a piece of equipment, watch the sun rise, set, and then rise again on the same shift and never go home. I know what that's like. And I learned a lot of things of what not to do. And uh, that's a hard way to be a safety person, by the way. It's not one that I... <laughs> I challenge anybody to do. Don't, don't go the hard way, but I've seen a lot of things. But this is but this is something that you've learned. This is something you've learned over the years, though, because of course, what you're what you're saying that you're doing the transition of being in a pastor to all of a sudden going into the company that was called General Drilling, you have a learning curve there. So all of a sudden, I mean, and this this is just a question, of course, because you don't have that background at, at that particular moment. How do you get the people to start loving you if you don't have the experience? And I'm asking for your for how it happened with you. Not believe me, no judgment whatsoever. Just a question. Oh, no, no. It took a while. The, it took a while, but they had a bad taste in their mouth for it in the first place. And you know as well as I do. A lot of times you have some you have some things that when you, when you become a, a new safety person that you inherit that are cultures in the company. And some of them are great. Some of them are not so great. And so you have to tackle some things. And, you know, as generic as it sounds, it's consistency. Uh, there's a balance in consistency. Now, someone told me one time, well, yeah, you can love your people, love your people, and I appreciate all that. But it does, you know, at the end of the day, no, I really do think you should keep people accountable to your rules and regulations. I think that your rules and regulations should be above the federal standard of whatever the federal standard, whatever your, if it's OSHA, if it's MSHA, or whoever it is that your, your safety rules are, are going towards, you need to be above and beyond those things, I believe. But compliance is not the end all to everything. 
And I really believe that it was through consistency of holding people accountable. So they, you know, the word was out. Well, Mike broke somebody up, you know, so he's a real safety guy. He's really going to do his job. Um, but at the same time, taking opportunities to teach people, talking to people about their families, letting them know that you care about them. You know, when I would get out there on the shot, well, that's what we call it as, the, as drillers, you called it the shot. We'd get out there on the shot and, and it was more than just about, okay, I'm going to look and make sure your machine's in, in, in your PPE, your machine is in compliance, your PPE is on point, make sure your wheel chocks are out, your, you know, that your parking brake works. I'm going to do much more than those things. I'm going to make sure that your harness is looking good. I'm going to do those things, but I'm also going to talk to you about you and your day and the challenges that you're meeting, you know, how the customer's making you feel today, or <laughs> maybe you've worked a lot of hours. And so, you know, I'm going to do more than just make sure that, you know, I'm going to pencil whip some, some kind of safety form and, and submit it that day. You know, I'm going to make a connection there. I'm going to make a friend. And then all of a sudden, I start to see guys report things to me. Hey, hey, this happened today. And then I started to reward them for those things. You know, they would be like, hey, hey, you know, this happened today. Or, or they would really be just engaging. They started to engage and engage and engage. And all of a sudden, I found this almost like pride and safety with these guys that like, hey, you know, I saw this and I saw this today at the mine and, the, and this happened to me and hey, would this be a good topic to cover? So now I've got guys speaking on topics, but it's through that consistency of showing them, hey, and with people to get inside of their minds and get inside of their hearts, it takes time because they have walls. Some people are open books, but most people have walls and you've got to prove to them that you're actually there to help and not hinder. And man, I'm telling you, once you establish that, uh, for the most part, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have that guy who doesn't care either way. But for the most part, as a whole, you're going to have people who really love you and go, hey, you know, I'm glad that guy showed up today or I'm glad that lady showed up today. Now, did any of, the, of them actually know you as a minister prior to you arriving to this particular company? Only one, uh, Garrett, who um, was just an outstanding driller. I mean, this guy, there's not a piece of machinery out there that at Sandvik or, or Epi Rock or Drill Tech. I mean, this guy can run it. Uh, and he did. He knew me as a minister. But um, the funny thing was, we, we, we were friends, but um, he, he was just one of these guys who really swung in there and helped me in some hard times. So he knew my background, but other than that, no one else did. You leave this company, go to, an, to another organization. At what point do you start doing your videos that this is how I, of course, how I found you? Um, well, I was in, uh, gosh, I was in Nashville somewhere, <laughs> uh, at a mine site and I did my first video and I just, I get frustrated a lot of the times, you know, um, I was once in, uh, a, a mine site in Western Kentucky and I watched a, a, a lady safety person, uh, do some things that I just thought was so unscrupulous. She was asking my driller to do things that was beyond manufacturer specs because she doesn't even know the piece of equipment. <laughs> and so she was asking to do things because often this company that we were working for at the time, which is the safety team would do things just to justify their own existence. And that really, I know that's a harsh thing to say, but a lot of times safety companies or safety people do that. And they just constant rules, constant rules. They were firing people left, right. It was just a corrosive place to be. And I remembered that when I was in Nashville and, and I wanted to do just to talk about loving your people and how much that I would see sites improve just by being there and encouraging people to work safer. And I, I'm all the way into keeping people accountable, writing people up if you have to, 
Discipline is really important. The discipline, I believe, is the, the root of that is discipline also, which just means to teach. But I still believe in discipline. And so I just was talking about that. And man, I got like 6,000 views. And my boss called me up, uh, like, Keith Turner called me up, like, oh, about 15 minutes later. And I was like, man, I, what, what, what's up? And he's like, did you just post something? I was like, uh, yeah. Why? And he goes, if you don't get an Instagram in 15 minutes, you're fired. <laughs> well, at least he encouraged you right away. <laughs> <laughs> right away. I was, I was like, what? What are you talking about? What's an Instagram? And I'm not big on, on social media and I'm not great at it. And so I'm just like, what are you talking about? He goes, Michael, you got like 6,000 views for just a couple of minutes. Got people, my phone's ringing off the hook. People are asking me, who is this guy? So I was like, okay. He goes, keep doing videos. And I was like, okay. He goes, this is officially part of your job. I'm firing you if you don't keep doing these videos. So, um, and I just like to talk about more things than just safety too. You know, I like to talk about, hey, you know, uh, challenging yourself and growing your heart, growing your mind. Because these things are so important in life and moving forward and building that legacy that will far surpass your legend. You know, I say that little catchphrase a lot, but man, it truly means a lot to me it means everything to me and uh it's what i base my whole life off of and it brings a lot of joy in your life when you know that you're moving forward and especially like in a safety situation when you know you've got a staff that is just in love with what you're doing and, and loves their people and is joyful about coming to work and keeping your people safe it's a it's it's a it's a real honor and so that's how it all started and now, sometimes, you know, I've I had one post, we put 600,000, and then sometimes I get two. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. I just realized there's a need for the content, and I get a lot of joy out of interacting with people, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, man, I just get some great conversations with people and just love just helping people and coaching people. And, uh, you know, I don't charge anything for it. I just love I love, I'm insatiable about seeing people move forward. It means that just, <laughs> I, I just absolutely get excited about it. Well, let me ask you, have you thought about actually going on the road or maybe doing some speeches out of this or anything to that extent? Or you just want to really stick to the social oh. media aspect as we speak? No, I, I would totally be open to it. Um, I've had some offers here and there, but you know, you know how it is. I, I think you and I have talked before about being on the podcast and, I think I may even have stood you up, but I can't remember. We We don't have to talk about it out loud, but yeah, that did happen. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so sorry. I had this emergency, and I had to fly to California, and I couldn't be on the podcast, and I felt so bad. As a matter of fact, I felt so bad that when you asked me again, I've just had turbinate and and deviated septum uh, surgery. And so um, I'm like, I am not standing this guy up. Oh. Know, I just had surgery. I'm going to talk with this guy. And, well, now and, I feel bad uh, that I have you on and you're just finishing having surgery. I apologize about that, but I appreciate it at the same time, too. <laughs> no, no, it just, uh, but yes, I was totally open. I love to speak. I love to engage with people. Um, I, I would absolutely adore that. And so that's the direction that I would like to head eventually. And uh, I know Keaton's mentioned it several times to me as well. It's just like, you know, you need to be getting some speaking gigs. And, and uh, like, and, and this is all kind of new to me, too, you know. And I don't know about you, but I'm not the, the, the final authority on anything, whether it's safety or, or, or life. You know, I'm just experiencing life as is. So sometimes it's hard and uh, very humbling to, to be getting as much attention as I've been getting lately over things and, and I don't take it lightly man I, I really take it personal in a good way and 
and it's very humbling. So yeah, I would I would love to speak. Well, I mean, the the interesting part about it is I'll, I'll tell you, your your messaging is so uplifting. Even when you turn around and you talk about your pet peeves, it's in a positive kind of point of view, which is which is different because yeah. normally when people talk about pet peeves, that's not how they go about it. But I was really that's that, I think that was one of the first videos that I had seen. And I was like, well, maybe maybe we could do some stuff there. Now, do you see as you're doing this? Do you tie in some of your ministry stuff into how you actually manage the safety aspect of it? Because it almost sounds, it's so positive. And I'm not, I don't want to go and say, oh, you sound like this other minister that I heard. But it's just a positive approach, which is yeah. way different than what most people do. And I and I think it's great. So do you, do you see that that's the way that you're doing it? I think so. Um, I learned a lot sitting with people. Uh, I had an experience many times where I was on call with a local jail. And it's a, it's a very large jail, and um, it's the, for the, the whole county. And, and I would go in there sometimes when people were on the suicide watch. And so they would, as brutal as this sound here, they would come in their, you know, their orange outfit. They would actually come in with the shackles on, and they would actually be hooked to a concrete table. And we would sit literally just a few feet from each other in a small room, and I would have a guard in the room with me. And I would have to convince this person of why they needed to live. Now, you got to think about this. I mean, this person's in jail. There's a reason why they're there. A lot of people would take that opportunity to talk down to them and talk about how bad their life is. But what I realized is that every person has quality. Every person has beauty within them. You just have to reveal it and help them to see it. There's a pureness to everybody's soul. And to be able to touch that is so important. And if you're a safety person and you're listening to this today and you want to be successful, learn people, learn their tells, learn their body language, understand them, understand the psychosis of a person and what makes them do the things they do and you will be wildly successful. Add in some of the fact that you care and that you're passionate about them going home because you know their kids' name, you know their family, you know what they're going home to. That's one of the hardest things with working for Turner because we have so many employees. I don't know them all. I love them all, but I don't get to know them all personally. But I'm telling you, it's it, it has been one of the most successful. It, it's like a wildfire. It starts off very small and subtle, and some people will see it and see that in you that you truly care, and you're trying to make safety incentives, and you're trying to push those goals, and you're trying to do those things, and, and they're going to just follow you immediately because that's just they're a buy-in people but then you have those kind of people that are really you know calloused and they're they're just you know the verdict's always out with them well through time all of a sudden man that wildfire grows and that passion grows and then all of a sudden they start having passion for each other and it grows out and it spreads and it, it's such a beautiful thing and i'm seeing it here at turner like like crazy uh, our people are so passionate for each other. There's a brotherhood and a family, and it's just so wonderful. You know, uh, heaven forbid anything bad happens, and that's the hardest thing about safety. People think if, you, if you're looking to be a safety person because you think it's going to be easy, you're going to be a desk jockey, and you're, you're going to sit in an office, and you're never going to be a good safety person. You've got to be out in the field. You've got to be with your people. But at the same time, you think it's going to be easy, you're crazy. You know, when I was in the ministry, I sat there with families when their family members died, holding their hands, looking at their wives, and them looking at me like I needed to do something, full well knowing there was nothing I could do. That was one of the most lost feelings I've ever had in my life, to sit there and look in a woman's face to see her husband pass away and be there while it happened and not be able to help. 
Uh, I saw a guy who got into a motorcycle accident on the Louisville Bridge with his wife. She lived. He did not. He, Steve's head was as white as his shoulders. It swelled up that bad. We were in the hospital with him, and there she is looking at me that I needed to save this man in this accident. There was nothing that I could do. It's a lost feeling, and that's the job of the safety person. That's the job of the safety person. It's life and it's death. And if you can't take that seriously and you don't have passion about people, then you're just going to compute those things to numbers. And that never, ever works. You cannot compute people's feelings, their hearts, and the way they do things to an Excel spreadsheet. It doesn't work, man. you got to care for them. And if you're not that kind of person, safety's not for you. I mean, and that's a difficult pill to swallow for some because you have to understand there are some companies that are out there that they're all data driven. It's everything is based on data oh, yeah. and everything. I guess human emotion is just kind of secondary, if, even if it, it does get a second spot. So hearing you say it from the way that you're that you're looking at, I think it's such a great approach because I think that we tend to forget sometimes not not everyone, but some people tend to forget, hey, you know, there is a human factor into the whole thing here. It's not just oh, yeah. they're not robots. They can't turn it off the moment they walk in through the door and going. I remember me personally going through my first experience where I was I was involved where there was a fatality and it it was a life-changing event and it's not something that you ever want to see but once it does occur it does change you forever oh yeah life and death is so very real it never computes until it's right in front of your face and then it's just like man this is real and how do I do this you know if you I don't know a lot of companies do that. And the company that I aforementioned, that was my biggest pet peeve, but the safety cop, they were constantly making just these random rules all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And it was hard for people to keep up. So it was just like, do I do this or do I do that? What's the new rule? And so that was that was a hardship. And so I'll never forget being there when MSHA rolled up and coming up to our drills. And I'm like, you guys are great. You know, you have all your ducks in a row. Everything's perfect. And they left. And then we find out that, in the plant that they had over a hundred citations in one day and here they touted as having with this great safety culture and this great safety great safety people that they brought in and they were just slapping people left and right and they were firing people for the smallest infractions and then here they have a hundred and almost 17 i think it was citations that day wow and i was like wow so what it showed me was the harder that you push with that kind of stuff there's a breakdown in there somewhere, and there's got to be a balance that you find. And, and, and let me just reiterate, yes, there is a lot of heart and soul, but yeah, you still need to hold people accountable. I mean, you have rules, you have regulations. That's that's a no-brainer. So I'm not even talking about that. A lot of people will say that all, all your heart and soul, you don't keep, no, you got to keep people accountable, period, because, because you have lives at stake. And so, you know, at this company, I have fired people because of safety infractions. While I was at the mine site, I've had to let people go and then drive them to the airport for two hours to get them to the airport so they could go home. That's an awkward drive home, but I've had to do it. See, that's the difference there. There's the difference there because there's such thing as errors that occur and then there's other things that are violations and you hold people accountable for violations. And I think that that sometimes is part of the conversation that gets lost in translation of, hey, yes, we do care about people. But no, there is such thing as errors and there's such thing as violations. And when you're able to separate the two and understand it, boom, that's how you are able to hold people accountable. That's, of course, just my two cents. Yes. No, I agree. I love the way you put that. I think that's that's really great, and that's that's perfect way. And so, 
I said, yeah, it's some of some things. And the thing with safety too is there's so many there, there there's so many different variables to everything. I mean, you know, there's sometimes a human element that's not even in there. Sometimes it's geological safety situation that you didn't even know was there. Something existed under the ground and a piece of equipment gets swallowed up or, you know, something happens. And, and so safety is, is we, we need everybody. You know, we've got a guy on our staff. His name is Grant. And Grant is more of an analytical person. So I'm the type of person that's used to counseling someone who doesn't want to be counseled. I'm used to having to pull things out of people that they don't understand is there. And so me, I'm more analytical in an emotional sense. So my emotional intelligence is very high. But Grant is very analytical towards the law, the CFR. We balance each other out so well. And so I think that's another thing, too, to your safety team. You've got to have people that have a high emotional intelligence, and you've got to have people that are very analytical on the rules and very sharp with the rules and regulations. And then you combine those things and have them have a mutual respect for each other's gifts. And, and that's one thing that's a real bad problem because a lot of people say, well, man, they're so analytical. And the other guy will say, well, he's so emotional. He cares about people all the time. He's so wishy-washy. But no, if you have respect and honor for each other's gifts, you balance each other out and you have a really strong safety team. So I encourage any company that's out there, don't just cram one safety guy. I, I know a company right now, a friend of mine, he's a one safety guy and he's over like over a thousand employees. That's that's too much coverage, oh, yes. man. Not one that's too much. Mm-hmm. You've got to really in today's day and age you've got to invest in safety. Because if you invest in safety, you're investing in culture. And you're investing in, in the well-being of your of your people. It's going to show, and your production is going to go up. I've been at sites, man, where production was low, and come up there and pick up the morale. And all of a sudden, those safety infractions that were happening, the different things that were going on, the low morale kicks up. Everything kicks up. Production kicks up, and everybody's being safer, and everybody's calling stuff out with each other and encouraging each other. It's amazing how it works. But you just got to show first that you care. And then, man, you will drive in a way that you never thought possible. Now, Mike, I have a question for you. If our listeners want to take, if want to learn more about you, where can they go to get some more information? Um, so I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> I've been scolded by Keith uh, about not having a website and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um uh, and some on Instagram uh, on LinkedIn I'm just Michael Bowman and on Instagram I am uh, Michael Bowman I think it's 2121 that shows you how much weight I'm putting in all <laughs> uh, um, so I'm you know I'm just now trying to, to get to know all this stuff and, and be more savvy and be more intentional uh, and I, I, I want to pick my posts up too so you know I, I want to bring people more meat more content so because okay. I see the need well, I appreciate you coming on to the show today. Oh, uh, man, I'm honored to be on here. Anytime anyone wants to hear me talk, man, I'm just like, I don't know why, but I'm so, super happy and glad to do it. And I love what you're doing, man. I, if you think about it, that's not really out there right now. And what you're doing is big because safety is huge now. It, it's, you know, I, I talk to people from Australia, the Netherlands. Oh, my God, the Netherlands. You know, that's so cool. And and uh, this is a worldwide movement to keep our people safe and to love them. And I'm so proud of it. And so we need to keep it sacred and we need to keep pushing, pushing the envelope more and more and more. Let's get those fatalities down to zero. That is, that's the goal. You know, one is too many. 
The countdown has begun on January 14th, 2020. Find out only on Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. So do you feel like you're missing out on what everyone is starting to do now, that live streaming thing, and you don't know where to start or what to do? I have the resource and the information to provide to you in regards on how you can stream onto 40 social media platforms all at one time. Yes, that's 440 social media platforms all at one time. All you'll need to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's safetyfm.com forward slash one. That's O-N-E. So just in case. And you'll be able to start live streaming just like you're hearing people starting to do right now up to 40 social media platforms.